right, thanks, Scott Shannon. Happy Monday. Thanks to all of you for being with us. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. My voice is half shot. It sounds worse than what I feel. It just is. Um, this has been the worst reaction year I've ever had to allergies in my entire life. And uh, Linda, I think we're going to I think in her past life, she's like one of the crazy witch doctors you see on like the movies. But some of her stuff works, and she's swearing if I find a local beekeeper where I live and take spoonfuls of that local honey. Now, you're saying that'll cure the symptoms that I've been having now for over a month? Right. So basically what happens is when, you're, when you have these terrible allergies like you're having, and all of us are having them this season because they're terrible. I, you I, base, I go and I look. Yes. They actually, in my zip code... Yeah. I look at the beginning of the week, and towards the end of this week, it actually we're going to see some improvement for the first time in like five weeks. It's been off the charts, peaking out beyond where even the bar can go in terms of allergies. I had this only in Atlanta. Every day my car is full of that yellow crap. I guess it's called pollen. Um, and unless it's raining, you know, you, you just it's never been this bad for me. But see, what happens is, is with all, even in the rain, it's bad. So basically what happens is your body is reacting to the severe pollen and other, you know, histamines that are in the air and they're making you very sick, you know, because allergies make you feel like. I'm not very sick. I'm not, I'm not saying that you're sick. You know, if I could finish a sentence, we could get a lot done together. I'm telling you. No, you you said it was me. I'm not very sick. I'm saying can make you feel very sick. I didn't it say you were very my sick. Vocal it can make cords, you feel that way. I don't want my vocal cords attacked. And the so other anywho, thing is, I don't want when to you take, take honey, yeah. boss. When you okay. take honey from the area, local, it honey. has the same allergens because the same bees are getting what they need from the flowers that have the pollen that are making you sick. So then they put it into their honey. So when you take a teaspoon of honey from the area. The same area where the pollen is coming from that's making you sick, it naturally combats it. It's called okay? following the science. Okay, j- j- oh, all right. I'm gonna. Te- I I'm going to test it out. A friend of mine that is near a local beekeeper that I had no idea even existed is going to get me a jar, and I've between sometime tonight and tomorrow, I will try your your method. If you can send me, text me specific instructions dr linda i will give it a try and it's just I a teaspoon of honey, honey so that's not that difficult of lift just a teaspoon of honey that's all just one just one one a day one a day keeps the allergens away one spoon one teaspoon of honey a day from local beekeeper i would probably do a tablespoon but that's just me but i like honey okay no 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 whatever you say i'm going to listen to the specific instruction yeah so don't like pour get that it down your tape. throat okay like you like you're tempted to do <laughs> uh everybody knows me too well all right anyway we got a lot to get to today 800-941-SEAN I don't, I don't even know where to begin with the mob the media their corruption i mean let's start with fake news cnn you got this guy that unreliable liberal sources humpty dumpty is his name he's, he's the stenographer for mr potato head jeff zucker fake news cnn okay so he has jen saki on who is the white house what is it uh, press secretary and an interview by the way she likens fox news reporters to russian and chinese propagandists 
And I'm like, we just got a tape of you last week admitting that Joe is a cognitive mess. Um, So, you know, give me, you want to talk about propaganda outlets? That would be two cable channels, three broadcast networks, and the New York Times, and pretty much, and the Washington Post, and pretty much every other publication therein. You know, Fox actually has a lot of different opinions. I'm, I'm, I'm frankly in the minority at Fox News in terms of political opinions, outspoken, registered conservative, uh, an America first, make America great again, Reagan, Trump, Newt Gingrich, conservative. That's me. Um, and I don't. And it's about the ideas. And again, for Republicans moving into 2022, 2024, it's not that hard to explain conservatism. We believe in liberty, freedom, limited government, low taxes. By the way, our Constitution, cutting taxes, cutting the bureaucracy. We want choice in public schools. We want law and order, safety and security, free market solutions to health care. We want uh, conservatives, constitutionalists on the bench that interpret the Constitution, not rewrite laws or play the role of the legislative branch and legislate from the bench. We want secure borders, energy independence, free and fair trade, and peace through strength. That's it. Not that hard. Well, where do you stand on this? That it, that pretty much covers the conservatism of Sean Hannity. Um, and enforcing the laws, you know, legally, not picking and choosing which laws we, we, we want to ignore. So Humpty has on Jen Psaki, and I'm reading all about this, and it makes me laugh. And anyway, so she got, you know, the White House press secretary faces some unique challenges, Humpty Dumpty says, when introducing the former fake news CNN contributor, the one that we found the tape of saying, yeah, we're all scratching our head why Joe's such a cognitive mess. But putting that aside, busy summer ahead, infrastructure, election reform. What is the press? This is the question. Get wrong when covering Biden's agenda. When you watch the news, when you read the news, what do you think we get wrong? He began the interview with this. Um, Some of the muscles uh, have atrophied, Saki says, suggesting the media has long forgotten, uh, you know, what it takes to get legislation passed, et cetera. I don't know if that is the press getting it wrong. I'll leave it to you to critique that. I, I mean, it is a suck up of all suck up interviews. How about a few simple questions? These are not these issues are not that complicated. You might want to ask Joe, Joe, last week, tapes, uh, pictures came out of you meeting while vice president with Hunter Biden's foreign partners from, you know, Uzbekistan and 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 Russia and and Kazakhstan and, you know, everywhere in between Ukraine, China. How about we start with the big lie that Joe told on multiple occasions that he's never once talked to Hunter about any of his foreign business dealings while he was having dinner with these people? How about we call him out on that? How about, Joe, when you said when you said all these nice things about segregationists, and you partner with the former Klansman that filibustered the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act to stop the integration of schools and stop school busing because you didn't want public schools becoming racial jungles. Um, was that racist, Joe? 
Hey, Joe, how come you call Georgia's voting law Jim Crow 2.0 and Georgia's laws make voting in Georgia far more accessible than your home state of Delaware? Your home state of Delaware has zero days of in-person early voting. Georgia has 17. Your state has zero drop boxes. Georgia has them in every precinct. Uh, Georgia has voter ID just like your state, Joe. Uh, why haven't you lifted a finger in the 5,000 years you've represented Delaware to make voting more accessible in your state? And considering Georgia's new law is more offers more accessibility for voting, does that mean your state of Delaware is worse than Georgia? Jim Crow on steroids and, and human growth hormone. Based on your definition, Joe, it's pretty unbelievable. It's not that. It, it, it is not that complicated. The media runs interference. The media is pravda. It is propaganda. It is, they, they have devoted in, in their entire lives the last five years hating one man and one agenda. The America first, make America great again agenda and Donald Trump. That is who they are. That defines him. That defines who they are. And they've not done their job. And they claim that they're journalists. They claim they're objective. They claim they're fair and balanced. They're, they're none of these things. And this, this, this interview pretty much sums it up. They, and I, I, the saddest part is, is they don't even recognize their own hypocrisy. It's, it's, it's pretty unbelievable. By the way, Nigeria blocked Twitter after the social media site deleted a tweet by the, the president of Nigeria that threatened secessionist groups in the southeast who have been responsible for attacks on government offices. We're watching these things. You know, how is it that these social media sites, we've been doing an experiment without telling anybody. So occasionally I have had my team because I have no access to any social media. Like, I have no email. And anyway, so we we posted a few things that when I used to post more commentary from me would always get reaction. But there were always a lot of conservatives responding. And what we have done is we've decided to put up a few other posts. What have we noticed, Linda? It's all liberal trolling 24-7. Oh, yeah. Twitter is not really friendly to anybody conservative and it's clear that conservatives have left twitter in droves now they might still be there but you know and there are some that are there a lot and fighting and and dealing with these lunatics uh i've had my fun i'm done i have better things to do with my life than than to fight these liberal trolls but it's it just is fascinating to see now the answer and the antidote in terms of media is, thankfully, we have some of us, a few of us on Fox News. Thankfully, we have a lot of great conservative radio talk show hosts. Thankfully, there are some websites that give you straight news that is accurate, bypassing the media mob. I'll let you decide what they are for yourself. I think we do a good job now on Hannity.com, putting up news and information you're not going to get from the media mob. And but the rest of the media, you can pretty much understand. Now, here's an interesting just the news dot com story. 
the news media is jockeying to be treated as, quote, infrastructure. Why shouldn't they? Child care is infrastructure. Daycare is infrastructure. Early childhood education is infrastructure. Uh, college free is infrastructure. Is a proposal to give media outlets $2.3 billion in federal tax money. Excuse me? Now you're going to give money, federal tax dollars, to the media? Uh, and I guess you're not expecting favorable coverage in exchange? It doesn't seem to be an appearance of impropriety, a conflict of interest. I mean, this is how nuts this has gotten. Ten states donate millions from anti-abortion clinics for federal money intended for needy families. But, the, but media as we know it is dead. You know, notice what the media is now doing, what, what the liberal Democrats are doing. They are excoriating Joe Manchin because he's not going to go along with ending the legislative filibuster. And he's not going to go along with H.R., S.R. 1 in his case, uh, and the, this new voting insanity that the left wants. All right, as we roll along. Yeah, um, so Joe Manchin under fire by Democrats. Looks like he's thrown a, a wrench into Nancy and Chucky and Joe Biden's plans to make it impossible for Republicans to ever win another election. And he said he will vote against SR1, which is the Senate version of HR1, and that would federalize components of the election system, eliminating nearly all requirements for photo ID. It would require states to offer 15 days of early voting, allow no excuse absentee balloting, require states to implement uh, a system of automatic voter registration, allow all same-day registration. In other words... No checks, no balances, no hope even for integrity. We can only find one European country that doesn't have picture ID, voter ID identification. Why has this never been an issue until now? Because Democrats like what happened using COVID as an excuse, and they love mail-in ballots. They love no... The, the, main, the main components they don't want is voter ID and signature verification and cleaning up the voter rolls. And they want no protections of chain of custody when ballots come in. And they certainly don't want, they didn't in 2020, even though it was statutory language in almost every state to allow partisan observers to observe. Why don't they want that? Why is now, why is Joe Manchin saying voter ID is a good idea why is he now hated by the left in this country? What do they want to accomplish here? I think it's pretty obvious. The only reason I can think of that you'd be against it is for nefarious purposes. That's all I got. All right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SHAWN. You want to be a part of the program. So Manchin writes this op-ed in, in his home state newspaper, Charleston uh, Gazette Mail, an op-ed um, about the fundamental right to vote having been overtly politicized, he says. And congressional actions, he goes on to say, on federal voting rights legislation must be the result of both Democrats and Republicans coming together to find a pathway forward. Now, by the way, even the New York Times, and after 2000, the commission on what went wrong down in Florida with swinging, pimple dimpled, hanging chads and and so on and so forth um said that 
the 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 that voting by mail lends itself to the greatest possibility of corruption. And that was a bipartisan committee after 2000. What is wrong with why this fight against voter ID? Are we going to end the need for picture ID to get into the White House or to buy a six pack or to get into the Capitol or for that matter, to get into an R rated movie or to buy all sorts of things? I mean, are we, are we going to now get rid of all picture ID? Why, why this push? Why not ensure integrity and instill confidence in election results? Because the only thing I can think of, the only reason people would be against voter ID, signature verification, making sure the voter rolls are up to date, the only reason I can think of that they don't want chain of custody language and they don't want partisan observers to watch the count to start to finish. It's, it's got to be something nefarious. But this is the this is defining this radical new Green Deal Democratic Socialist Party. You know, they, after calling uh, Manchin the new Mitch McConnell, New York Congressman Jamal Bowman accused Manchin of doing the work of the Republican Party by being a, an obstructive, obstruct, what, obstructionist. You got a left-wing host by the name of Tom Hartman complaining the GOP is fighting to preserve white power in America. Is anybody in the media going to p- talk about how restrictive voting laws are in Joe's state of Delaware and how Joe's never lifted a, a pinky in 5,000 years representing his home state? to make voting anywhere near as accessible as it is now in Georgia. And Georgia, by the way, needs to go back and add signature verification. Over at MSDNC, Joy Reid to say, is there any point to the NAACP, other civil rights groups, meeting with Manchin at this point? Is there any point of that? You know, wouldn't that be roughly like having MLK sit down with the old Strom Thurmond? to discuss the filibuster and the Voting Rights Act. What about Robert Byrd, the Democrat? Need I remind people at MSDNC that Lyndon Johnson relied on Republicans to get the Voting Rights Act in 65, the Civil Rights Act in 64, done. People like Al Gore's father were nowhere to be found. He was in the Senate at the time. Joe's best buddy, who he praised, the former Klansman, He was filibustering those bills. The same guy Joe partnered with to stop integration of public schools. Notice how they always give Democrats a pass on this. What if it was Donald Trump that partnered with the former Klansman to stop integration of schools and busing because they didn't want public schools to be Joe Biden's words, sippy cup, his own words, racial jungles. Anyway, so this is it's getting more interesting by the day. You got a lot of anger out there by the Democratic Party. Um, you got Congresswoman Tlaib. 389 bills introduced in 48 st- states to prevent Americans from voting. That's not true at all. These states are all allowing more accessibility. But they're also looking for integrity and confidence in voting results. Why are Democrats against that? And Republicans need to go on offense. And if Joe thinks 
Georgia's law is Jim Crow 2.0. What does he think of his own state? Is that Jim Crow on stero- 2.0 on steroids and human growth hormone? Because it's far less accessible than Georgia's new law. And it goes on from there. It's pretty, it's, it's pretty unbelievable. There is an article that came out in the New York Times. Uh, it starts with a Democratic report. And talking about the 2020 election, quote, Democrats defeated Donald Trump, captured the Senate last year with a racially diverse coalition that delivered victories by tiny margins in key states like Georgia, Arizona, Wisconsin. You can add Pennsylvania to the list. And in the next election, they cannot count on repeating that feat, according to a new report. A preview of the 2020 election, or a review, rather, of the 2020 election conducted by several prominent Democratic advocacy groups concluded the party is at risk of losing ground with African-American, Hispanic, Asian-American voters unless it does a better job presenting an economic agenda countering Republican efforts to spread misinformation and tie all Democrat candidates to the far left. Well, that's they are the far left New Democratic Socialist Party. That's who they are. Defund, dismantle the police. Everything's free. Higher taxes for everybody. Higher energy costs for everybody. Inflation. And it's not worth it. This is all going to come to a head. I can feel the momentum is now building. A wave election is very possible for Republicans if they focus on the agenda that I laid out at the start of the show. It's not hard. I say it in less than a minute. It's not complicated. Look at, you know, look at California. You got a guy that's going to be recalled, but he's going to give two-thirds of the state legal and illegal immigrants a check, Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom won't lift the state of emergency on June 15th. He's going to continue. Why? What, 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 what is the purpose of this? You know, I I don't know. It seems like you're giving something of value, money to voters in the lead up to a recall election. That doesn't sound um, that, that, that sounds like a quid and a pro and a quo to me. Gavin lost his mind. Federal judge struck down California's 30 year old ban on assault weapons. He went he absolutely went insane. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. You know, look at the Democratic Party cancel culture, woke culture. A New York City-based psychiatrist told an audience at the Yale School of Medicine in April that she had fantasies of, quote, unloading a revolver into the head of any white person that gets in my way. The doctor apparently a medical doctor spewing this race hating uh, virulent these comments that have now gone you know pretty much all over they're pretty much all over the place viral New York Times spotlights how the ACLU has been hijacked by the Democratic partisanship. Maybe they should look at the mirror, by the way. Once a bastion of free speech, the ACLU faces an identity crisis, an organization that has defended the First Amendment rights of Nazis and Klansmen split by an internal debate over whether supporting progressive causes is more important. It's why, you know, everyone talks about, well, Donald Trump is creating conflict within the Republican Party. 
I, I, the agenda is the agenda. The, the, the uh, conservatives believe in liberty and freedom and capitalism in our Constitution. Conservatives have always believed in lower taxes, less bureaucracy. They've always been supporting school choice. They've always supported law and order so everybody can be safe and secure and pursue happiness. They've always supported constitutionalists on the bench. They've always supported free market solutions, not government solutions to health care. And yes, protecting pre-existing conditions. They've always supported legal immigration and secure borders. They've always supported energy independence. I've stood up for these values since I started in this business. Ronald Reagan was president. There's been three modern waves of conservatism. Reagan, New King Rich in the contract, and Donald Trump. This is who they are. By the way, I saw uh, this reminded me of Linda in our debate. Joaquin Phoenix is a little nuts, in my opinion, will not force his son to be a vegan, but he's not going to indoctrinate him with the idea that McDonald's have a happy meal. Good grief. Just so you know, that's who you're aligning yourself with. And you're denying Liam a toy and the best French fries he um, ever had. That is fake news. That is not fake news at all. I am not aligning myself with Joaquin Phoenix, nor would I ever. Well, you're in agreement with him on a Happy Meal. You won't get your kid a Happy Meal. He's five years old. He wants a Happy Meal. We're talking about a man who doesn't even know who he is. I would not align myself with him with anything. He doesn't know what day it is. By the way, Kamala Harris uh, apparently delivered cookies with a her face on them her likeness it's her likeness okay like likeness whatever in other words kamala cookies i guess we can call them (laughs) to to the to the the media mob in the back of air uh, Air force two don't you do that all the time when we when we travel and you give out hannity cookies no everyone you know how many times did i travel on air force one with donald trump Hmm. so weird none zero Oh, Hannity, you're you're the you're Donald Trump. First of all, the idea that Donald Trump takes advice, he listens, he can be convinced, but he's his own man. Because if the greatest evidence is how many people in Donald Trump's orbit told him, please stop tweeting or tweet a lot less. He does it his own way. You know, what's frightening. Our commerce secretary saying these cyber attacks are here to stay and will intensify. Graham home admitting adversaries are capable of shutting down U.S. power grids. Well, what are they going to do about it? By the way, I've become Bitcoin obsessed now. You know that, Linda. And I'm not, re- I'm not me- telling people, recommending people to invest in anything. But Why I'm are just you fascinated. obsessed with that? What's that? Why? Why are you obsessed with it? I can't really explain it because I have two friends that I, we have spent probably a hundred hours talking about it that have been in from the beginning and they finally just, they broke me down and I just decided I, I'm, I would not invest any money that you're not willing to lose. That's my first advice. But, and then, you know, I, it, I'd spend, they just broke me down. They just get, it hit me with information and charts and study. And I study and I study. And I just finally said, and eh, there might be something to this. Let me see. If all your friends now, jumped now off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge? No, but they can remember me that this expression. Bridge was worth taking a, a risk on with money that's not that important to me. <laughs> oh my god! In other words, I can. It's like going to Vegas. If I whatever I decide my limit is, 
Say it's $1,000. I just assume I'm going to lose it before I start. New book claims Trump wanted to grill Fauci on the Wuhan uh, Institute of Virology, the Virology Lab, and the cover-up. Um, in other words, President Trump reportedly suspected that Dr. Flip-Flop Fauci was covering up what he knew uh, regard and what he knew regarding the gain-of-function research and taxpayer dollars going towards it. It's pretty damning. Fauci and the First Lady... Uh, Joe Biden were in Harlem trying to convince people to get vaccinated. And uh, a lot of people were shouting fire Fauci and freedom over fear. I mean, this was this is a big deal. If there's any vaccine hesitancy, blame Democrats. Kevin McCarthy's called on Fauci to resign. Biden's big covid vaccination promise headed over the cliff. An examination latest stats polling reveals that if America continues the current trajectory, Joe Biden will not reach his vaccination goal. Why did the, where did this hesitancy come from? I believe in science vaccines. I just I'm not a doctor and I don't know your medical condition. I'm not qualified to give you medical advice. I strongly suggest you take it very seriously. That you do your own research talk to your doctor or doctors and medical professionals you trust and make a decision based on your your medical condition you know people mad at dr Rand paul he's a medical doctor he was the first senator to get COVID. he says i have natural immunity t-cell immunity and i don't feel i need to get vaccinated that's his choice he's a medical doctor he's allowed to think differently than everybody else Anyway, this push to gain traction, apparently less than 25% of African-Americans have even received their first COVID-19 shot. And I would argue any hesitancy you can put right on Democrats like Joe Biden and Jill Biden when they're walking around with masks on, fully vaccinated, outside, socially distant, but then go inside Jimmy Carter's house, former president, 96 years old, and take their mask off and then put it back on when they're outside. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, our number you want to be a part of the program. Um, you look all over the country, and the violence is not subsiding. It's getting worse. If you look at what happened in Jacksonville, a police officer attacked in a crowd after he ran towards danger. In other words, officer going towards multiple people, he was attacked as he tried to disperse a crowd of people. A video shows the officer entering a crowd of people getting getting thrown to the ground as fights are breaking out. We had the incident last week where private citizens basically had to come to the aid of a police officer being beaten in in uh, in San Francisco. Um, it just never seems to stop. If you look around the country, we see it every day. We had four nights now in a row of unrest again in Minneapolis after a police shooting had taken place again in Minneapolis. So that's going on there. In California, two arrested in a road rage incident, killing of a, a six-year-old, according to that report. You have a 10-year-old that was killed in Queens. It's all over the New York tabloids today over a parking spot. You can't make this up. Apparently shared driveway and somebody didn't move their car fast enough. Um, you look at other places and, and it's the same story all around the country.
How, how is this all working out? There was a story in the New York Daily News today uh, about a guy who, I guess, apparently has mental illness of some kind, but no bail in New York. This guy has already been arrested 25, you know, 25 times, a dozen times this year. And with no bail, what does it mean? They put him right back out on the street. And what is the genius answer from the real Speaker of the House, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez? Well, stop building jails. And then we have now audio of the citizens out in San Francisco that had to come to the aid of the police officer, in that case being attacked by somebody out there. Listen. And it is not acceptable for us to use jails as garbage, garbage, dispo, garbage uh, uh, bins for human beings. We need to treat people and see them as human And so it is not a place for us to throw people for whom we don't want to invest in the actual holistic issues of their lives. If we want to reduce violent crime, if we want to reduce the number of people in our jails, the answer is to stop building more of them. The answer is to make sure that we actually build more hospitals. We pay organizers. We get people mental health care and overall health care, employment, etc. It's to support communities, not throw them away. So now we need citizens protecting the police. In New York, you had riot cops having to chase a violent mob through the entire West Village in New York. 22 arrests at Washington Square Park. But the problem is they let them right back out on the streets. I mean, things you cannot make up. Had a Minnesota 14-year-old killed in a shooting at a graduation party, you know, crying out, help me, help me, help me. In Philadelphia, Dunkin' Donuts manager fatally shot in the head while opening up the store. Man tries to rape a woman in Midtown New York on a sidewalk on Saturday morning. That That's how bad things are getting. This is how, you know, notice every city has the same characteristic. Either no bail laws and or defund the police. Sanctuary city or sanctuary state policies. All, all Every one of the cities we're talking about here. Um, a Florida man threw a baby at deputies after a high-speed chase. You just can't make this up. Anyway, uh, Trey Penny is with us. He's a 21-year vet, Dallas Police Force, president of the Dallas-Texas National Fallen Officer Foundation. Eric Feinberg is the communications director of the National Fallen Officer Foundation. I don't see this getting any better, Trey. I just don't. You're absolutely right, Sean. I mean, look, there are no consequences for bad behavior anymore. Uh, I mean, just look at what police officers are having to deal with now. Um, you know, the, the police ambush in this country, and we've seen this trend from from 2016 kind of escalate. But where we are now, these police ambushes have doubled, have doubled over the last year. We've had 128 officers shot, and, and 26 of them have been killed in the line of duty. That's a 13% increase from last year. We have we're we're actually up to 128 officers now killed in the line of duty so far this year. Shot. That was shot. That was shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, and look, and I, I can say, look, this is all part of this whole process to dehumanize police, to, you know, create this idea that police are out here to attack us so they can attack police. Look, let me tell you something, Sean. I grew up in the inner city, and I can tell you as a black man growing up in the hood, uh, uh, it was a non-starter for even the most violent felons to attack police. But if you look today, 
the young people were engaging in these attacks on police officers. And the police officers have nowhere to go. Because if they use force, if they do anything, these individuals are, are now coming after the police. The, these entities, all these, these liberal uh, ACLUs and all those groups are attacking the police officers. So you have these, these officers that have really no options. And you know what they're doing? Now they're videotaping. Now it, with social media, the advent of social media, you have people that are videotaping these attacks. They're taking these attacks and they're repurposing those same attacks to incite others to attack police officers. So we're living in a dangerous world. And this is why I, that's why we have Eric Feinberg on our team, because Eric is the only person that's able to see these attacks before they happen, so we're able to communicate that information to law enforcement. And he can tell you more about what he's done with with uh, the Coalition for Safer Web and, and how right, he's Eric, tell us about the National Fallen Officer Foundation. Well, what Trey said, and I, and I call it the show-off effect, who wants a piece of this. We saw this last year. You know, it basically started with, with Trey and I with the Dallas attack back in 2016 with this terminology, F-12, A-C-A-B, all cops are B, figure it out, 13-12. And it's basically, uh, you know, who wants to show off more? Look what we're doing in Minneapolis. And then it and took hold in Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, New York, Los Angeles last year. And it's the role that social media is playing this, as Trey said, to, to, you know, to basically put this false narrative here and to show off who's attacking police and who wants to do more. I just sent Trey uh, prior to our you know, interview, F-12 on a New York City police car. You know, well, what's it say, Trey? Defund or something? Abolish. Abolish NYPD. Yeah, abolish police. They put it on a police. On a police car on Instagram. That's public I actually property. saw that. It said, yeah, right above where it says NYPD, it says they, they put a sticker, I guess, or something that said abolish. Abolish. And this is what Trey and I message is. You know, we talk about last week, you know, Facebook, you know, censoring or saying they're not going to let President Trump back and because of public safety. This is a worse public safety issue, allowing the use of these platforms to call for attacks against law enforcement, which is basically attack against civil society. Right. If you Absolutely. look at last summer, Trey, you know, depending on which estimate you use, it's about 275 incidences of riots around the country. Now, if you listen to the Democratic Party, remember Joe Biden never even mentioned it at the at the DNC. Kamala Harris was helping to raise money for the bail fund in, in Minnesota. Um but there's about the estimates around 275 riots around the country. Now, the Democrats, the media mob, they never called them riots. But if you right. then compare the incident of January uh, 6th, when you had the security breach at the U.S. Capitol, which I know we all agree can never happen. Uh, we've got to protect our institutions and our elected officials, regardless of what their politics may or may not be. It has nothing to do with it. We've got to protect them. But the media only focuses in, the Democrats only focus in on that one day. And yet right. they would not, not even acknowledge that these riots were happening all last summer. Yeah, you know what, Sean? We, we need to call, start calling these individuals what they are. They're anarchists. Regardless of what label these individuals uh, carry, they're anarchists. We've seen over $1.4 in, in damage to, to the, and, and destruction of property in the U.S. following the George Floyd riots with individuals propagated this, this, this Black Lives Matter movement. But the reality is these were all anarchists. They didn't, have a, they didn't have any goal to accomplish anything. It was just to bring down America, to bring down our institution of government. And we have to start holding these uh, politicians accountable when they, when they come out and they, they give these people this kind of this leeway 
to, to attack our country. Look, we, we can't be a civil society if we allow individuals to just feel that they can exercise their, take out their emotions on, on civil, uh, we can't even call it, we can't even call it civil disobedience anymore. That's not civil disobedience. Those are riots. And we got to call them what they are. If you, anybody use a force and intimidation for the purposes of changing governmental policy, you know what the DOJ calls that? They call that domestic terrorism. So why are we not calling these individuals domestic terrorists? That's exactly what the behavior is, and we should go after them for that same, for that same reason. Well, there was a story in the New York Post about an, an older uh, California woman brutally beaten by an Amazon driver. This happened last Thursday mm. after she asked if her package had arrived. All right. By the way, something anybody would ask, right? And the... Right. Apparently, the driver then tells the Amazon customer to check your white privilege, to which the 67-year-old woman said, well, you don't have to be a, and use the B word about it, uh, sounds of the verbal exchange. The driver then began pummeling this older woman and cowering under a barrage of blows to the head and the face, and the assault was captured on security cameras at a couple of different angles. But, I mean, we're having a 10-year-old kid died, Eric, because of somebody didn't move their car out of a driveway fast enough. A a woman asks an Amazon driver, is my package here yet? And this is what it descends into. What the hell is happening here? Breakdown of civil society. You know, look at what's happening to Sean at sporting events. You have fans throwing and spitting at, at players. This just seems to be... And what we've come down with, there's no adult supervision, Sean. You know, we're from a different generation with, you know, respect for our school teachers, police, and, and you know, law of order. And, that, and that's what's happened here. And I, and I still come back to, and Trey and I don't mean to say like a broken record, well, I think that social media contributes to this. Well, it certainly it creates fame, Trey, right? I mean, a lot of these videos go viral, and, and I guess people get a certain notoriety out of this. And yeah, if you live like yeah. in a state like New York or California or wherever else happen where they don't have bail laws, well, then you just released, you know, immediately to go out and commit more crimes. These are all exhibitionists. I say this, this society, everyone's looking for attention. Uh, everyone's trying to see who can get the most likes, the most most shares, the most. And, and, and it's for doing the most, the, the silliest, stupidest, or probably the most egregious thing. That's what everyone's looking for. They're looking for the likes and clicks. So you know what? The problem is not just is not just uh, um, with 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 society as a whole. The problem is with people and and how people are being influenced. Right now, there like Eric said, there is no adult supervision. People are just attacked or, or, or attaching themselves to to agendas that make them feel good. That that raise their persona. If they can get on social media and, and attack you, Sean, for being a a, a conservative host. They're going to get on social media and attack and see how many views and likes they can get. Hey, hey Trey, you've been a conservative host. You have no idea of of what the, the the way I have to conduct my life in terms of just not putting myself in a position where a confrontation will will occur, and I and I have the means to defend myself, but I take right. great pains not to allow myself to be in any of those situations. I've had but, these but Sean, incidents is, happen. But, They're not going to end well for anybody. But Sean, but, Sean, this is what Trey and I, it, it relies on Congress to, what we need to do, and, and enough already, and it's gone there. We have these hearings, both from the left and right, 
We need to rein these social media companies in and make them responsible. There's a law, an antiquated law from 1996 called Section 230, the Communications Decency Act, that basically says these platforms are not responsible for what anybody posts on their platforms, okay, which gives them the immunity. But yet they should be reporting this stuff to law enforcement. They do not. So what has to happen, and Senator Cruz and Senator Hawley, you know, basically, I hope they hear this show or see it, because, again, that, that the platforms could say that President Trump is a threat to public safety, but yet this BLM, F-12, anti, you know, Antifa anarchists are not. It can't, you can't have a double standard because these groups are still allowed to post. All right, let me ask this, this last question. You mentioned a website. Where can people go? Go to coalitionsw.org, coalitionsaferweb.org. We're a nonpartisan, apolitical organization calling for a safer Internet and to especially get to your Congress people on both sides and, and take the immunity clause away from these platforms that are contributing to this. Well said. All right, Eric, thank you. Trey Penny, thank you. 800-941-SEAN is uh, our number. We're going to get to your calls next half hour. Quick break, right back. is the reaction at the Georgia GOP convention to Governor Kemp of Georgia. So compare Governor Kemp with President Trump speaking in North Carolina and the warm reception he got in North Carolina. The media, the Democrats and the so-called experts are now finally admitting what I first said 13 months ago. The evidence demonstrates that the virus originated in a Chinese government lab. Couldn't say it. You couldn't say it. And Dr. Fauci, who I actually got along with, he's a nice guy. He's a great promoter, you know? Not a great doctor, but he's a hell of a promoter. He likes television more than any politician in this room. And they like television. But he's been wrong on almost every issue. And he was wrong on Wuhan and the lab also. Very wrong. But generally speaking, I went the opposite way of Dr. Fauci. What he was saying, for instance, Fauci said, do not close our borders to China or Europe. But I did it anyway. Fauci said powerfully at the beginning, no masks. You remember that? No, masks don't work. Masks don't. And then he went into masks and then he became a radical masker. I would call him. <laughs> if you have three, if you have four, get a pair of goggles also, ideally. And let's wear them for another five or six years and... The time has come for America and the world to demand reparations and accountability from the Communist Party of China. We should all declare within one unified voice that China must pay. They must pay. The governor of Georgia and the secretary of state of Georgia, well, it's really the secretary of state of Georgia, went into this consent agreement in the lead up to the 2020 election where they created dual voting standards. And that is, remember, it was the Georgia Democratic Party, the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee, and the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, all suing the state of Georgia over the issue, they say, of voter accessibility. That, that was not what it was about. There was no need to make this agreement that created dual standards for those that vote in person and those that were voting absentee or voting by mail. 
And and simply, for example, if you voted in person, you need a picture photo ID and you had a signature verification with a state database where they have your signature on record when you registered to vote the first time to make sure that you are who you say that you are. And we have integrity and confidence in the elections. Uh, as a result of this agreement, they got rid of the signature verification requirement and the voter ID requirement. It was far more lax in the sense that the governor and the secretary of state wouldn't acknowledge that it was this stupid agreement that they went into that led to a lack of confidence and of questioning of integrity as it relates to the ballots and the possibility of ballot harvesting. Now, they have since made significant good changes. They're going to have 17 days early in-person voting that will require either if you vote by mail or if you vote in person, photo ID. That's a great improvement. Um, I don't really care as long as they have integrity at the drop box locations where people aren't just dumping in whatever number of, of ballots, one person, one ballot, and it should be guarded, videotaped. Evidence should be, you know, acquired at every location. And but they didn't they took away the signature verification standard that should be in every state voter ID, picture ID, signature verification, chain of custody uh, controls that you, you there can be no tampering with ballots as they are coming in. Uh, then you need every election, I would argue, to clean up the voter rolls to make sure that they're up to date. And the last thing is the statute that allows for partisan observers to observe the vote counting start to finish. That should be in every state as well. It's not that complicated. And we've been saying that. And by the way, the even the new Georgia law is far more inclusive, far more accessibility than the state of Georgia. And meanwhile, that uh, the state of Delaware, Jim, um, where Joe Biden, you know, he's calling the Georgia law Jim Crow 2.0, the law there. And meanwhile, they don't have any of these. They don't have any of this accessibility in the state of Delaware. So he's basically saying he's worse than Jim Crow 2.0. Anyway, speaking of Georgia, Joe is an LJ. Joe, how are you? And we got to quit paying people not to work. And we need to stop the Biden tax and spending increases. And we love Sean Hannity and Donald Trump in Georgia. Well, what's going to happen down there? Does Kemp make it? Well, I think that's that's going to be decided. I don't know. I was disapp- very disappointed that he, you know, didn't go along with the signature verification. I think it's pretty much split right now. There, there's he still has some strong support, and of course he has some. Well, I didn't have it at the GOP movie. convention, and they'll decide, I guess, who the nominee's going to be. I guess Vernon Jones now has given him a run for his money, right? Well, yeah, and there's a guy named uh, Bert Jones, who's a state senator who's running. He's got a good business background. He, he's a he's a real good guy. I'm supporting Kelvin King to replace Warnock, and Kelvin is great. Kelvin's going to be coming to LJ. To well, wait a minute. What about you making? What speech. about Herschel Walker? I don't think he's going to run. I, I think uh, I think the time. I think it's going to be Kelvin. Kelvin's a successful entrepreneur. Uh, I, uh, Trump likes him. Joe and, and LJ. If I had to bet, I think that Herschel runs. Well, we'll have to, we'll see. I like Herschel, but I'm for Kelvin. <laughs> All right, it might be the first time we disagree. Joe and LJ, thank you. 
800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Joe is in California. Joe, the United Socialist Utopia of California. How are you? Uh, good. How are you? Good, sir. What's going on? Oh, not much. We're just tired of this here, all this liberalism and everything that's going on. We're moving to South Carolina. We're packing up and leaving. You're going to love South Carolina. Yeah, I, know, I, I love too. North Carolina. I love South Carolina. I like Tennessee. I like Florida. I like Texas. I like Montana. I like South Dakota. I like Wyoming. I, I love any red state I love. The the blue yeah, states, everybody, if, if as long as you're not a you know crazy liberal, that's going to bring your crazy voting patterns with you. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to follow your lead. Yeah, we're absolutely not. We're we're just we can't get over how bad it is with the fires here. The all rolling blackouts all. are coming. Fires are coming. By the way, it's a very dry year there. Horrible. They don't the do these. Yeah, they don't. They don't even do the simple science involved in forestry. They always tell us to nope. follow the science, but they don't follow the science out there. They don't do controlled burns. Now, as a result, you're going to have massive wildfires this year again, and that will yeah. also be followed by rolling blackouts again. And Gavin's going to yeah. try and use you know tens and tens of millions of dollars to bribe people to vote for him. So he won't get recalled. Yeah, and I know many years ago they used to do the controlled burns, but they stopped doing it for some many years ago. They stopped doing it. But I don't know. Well, I mean, for what it, why is Gavin going to write a check to sixty percent of the electorate just prior to the recall? I, I have no idea, but I and, can't. And why is Gavin still in a state of emergency? And he's going to extend it now beyond July fifteenth. I read today. Yeah, what is I know. wrong with I, this I guy? Don't, he's just. He's no common sense, just like Joe Biden, no common sense, just absolute unbelievable. We're just disgusted with it. We just can't handle it anymore. You know, there just comes a point when you can't handle it and we can't. So when we sell here, we're going to have enough when we go back to South Carolina to be able to make it in life. Uh, What part of South Carolina are you moving to? We're going over by Rock Hill. Nice there. I love it there. It's awesome. You're going to yeah. love it. I'm telling you. Our, our little one is in BMX, and there's a great BMX track over there. That Oh, uh, fun. He's seven By the way, that, that's a it. very cool sport. Yeah, and he loves it. So, And his coach right now is a bronze medalist in the Olympics. Wow. A few years How old's your kid? So, he's seven. Seven years oh old. Oh, my God. Has yeah, he broken any bones yet doing that? No, not yet. Not yet. He's really actually pretty good. He's... Uh, and knock on wood, he has he's wrecked a couple times, but nothing major, you know, just a few scratches. But he does really yeah. well. He's real cautious. So, well, look, uh, it, let me tell you, that's growing in popularity. Gaming is growing in popularity. But Joe, we appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean. All right, quick break. We'll come back. More of your calls. All right, back to uh, our busy telephones here. Linda, did you ever notice these gaming seminars that they have? Like, they'll oh, yeah. sell out the forum in Los Angeles for, like, five straight days. And, you know, I don't, it's not, if it's Call of Duty, any of these games that, you know, kids play. They just, I mean, the, it's just unbelievable to me. You know, the game, the gaming industry is a very interesting one. And I'll tell you, there's all sorts of games from a very young age, like 
my Liam has ABC mouse and, and, and noggin, et cetera. But it's, it's scary what's in the games. For example, like the commercials and stuff that they put in the games that are highly inappropriate for children. And they're advertising other games that like, I would never want my child to see. And it's that kind of stuff scares me. And then All there's right, but, adults playing well, the kids. But for example, my son started at four with Scooby-Doo Night of a Hundred Frights on PlayStation 2. Right. And I would play it with him. And I know people right. are against it. And we spent hours playing it. Hours and hours and hours. Anyway, uh, I've told this story before. We spend an entire weekend trying to... We, we got to the final stage, the end of the game. And there's like, I think, 13 levels. And... I spent an entire weekend even looking up how to do it on the internet or somewhere. I've and done that. I still couldn't kill the quote mastermind. My son just before my radio show that Monday after I spent all Friday, Saturday and Sunday trying to kill the mastermind calls me, "Daddy, daddy, I killed the mastermind." And some and people say, you have to think so deeply. And one of the coolest things is if your kid's into gaming, my son happens to be, um, you can't drink and play at the level that he's playing at. You've got to have your wits about you. You're not getting in trouble. I'm not becoming a grandfather. They're not doing drugs. If they drink, it's very little. It's White Claw or a beer. And you have to think to do it, but you can still become addicted to it. So you got to balance everything in life. There's a lot of truth to what you're saying, but I think so the the positives about it are kids that, you know, play it and they're doing something constructive or they're interested in into the technical aspects of the background of the programs and how they're done and all of that is terrific. Where it becomes troublesome to me is when you're in these games like there's a game called Roblox and all the kids are playing it now and you buy cards and you can get on and it's like communities and communities making the games the thing is, is that if you have an eight-year-old playing that game, but you've got a 45-year-old guy at home playing against them, they have no idea that it's a 45-year-old guy. Do you know what I'm saying? That kind of sort of like online playing scares me a little bit. And I agree with you. If, if they're playing and they're gaming, then they're not out, you know, uh, getting in trouble. You know, if, you, if your kid's not the type of kid that's in the sports, but your kid is actually. But some people, they aren't. It does keep them out of trouble. And I can see that. But then there are other kids who get obsessed and they'll stay up for three days playing these games and they lose their sleep. That's the negative, right? So there's always a yin and a yang. No, when he was in college, he'd stay up till five in the morning playing, but he can't do that anymore. Right. Or you have to make sure that they, to me, everything in balance. Like I have a timer. What's that? League of Legends. I have a timer on my son. He started with Call of Duty. He was obsessed with that one for a while. But see, that's extremely violent. So I feel like they're oh, like these age. What do you call it? Are you kidding it's like me? It's a war game. Yeah, it's a war game. So you want to make sure that the child playing the game is actually not a child, but maybe 14 or 15 where they understand what they're doing. Because a lot of these kids, they, they don't realize they're unable to humanize the aspect but, of the killing, the death. But they have the like guns. international rankings. Fortnite, for example. That's another game my son's into. Right. And- but your son is a grown up. It's different. Kids can't play these games, in my opinion. <laughs> I'm not, uh, you know, I don't know. I just, I'm a little more. I guarantee weird. you the moms and dads in our audience, they're going to feel the same way. They're well, going to the say, yeah. The thing is, I've been into guns since I'm a kid, and I take my kids to the range, and they're like bored out of their mind in 20 minutes and want to leave. 
Right, but see, here's the difference. In the games, it's all about winning and getting to another level, and you're not really, you're not humanizing the aspect of what is actually happening. Right? So when well, look, they don't you know understand. He's, he's a health nut. He's into fitness. He eats well. Um, works out twice a day, usually. So it's he's crazy. It's nuts. Yeah. Um, all right. 800-941-SEAN. Toll-free telephone number. Quick break. Right back. All right. News roundup. Information overload. 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program. I think probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen in, in media from the mob and just how out of touch the mob is uh it, it turns out that the white house press secretary circle back jen Psaki, goes on humpty dumpty's low-rated show on fake news cnn uh to tell asking Saki, please tell us what the media gets wrong about joe biden now you can't make this up listen to this exchange Busy summer ahead, infrastructure, election reform. What does the press get wrong when covering Biden's agenda? When you watch the news, when you read the news, what do you think we get wrong? Well, look, I think some of our muscles have atrophied a little bit over the last few years. And there isn't a, a lot of memory or recent memory or long, longer memory on how long it takes to get legislation forward or how messy uh, the process of negotiating and the process of getting legislation across the finish line. There are times in your briefings where you seem so comfortable. Then there's times where you seem frustrated by the lines of questioning. So I want to know what the job is like versus what you expected it to be like. Well, I'm a human being, so even though uh, every day I try to be completely even keeled and always my objective per the president's direction is to pre treat people with respect and take questions and provide accurate information, that's my goal every day. But I'm also a human. Uh, and sometimes when you're answering the question, uh, saying the same question a tenth time or when a question uh, more, more likely the things that get under my skin or when a question, the premise of a question is based in uh, inaccurate information, misleading information uh that can be frustrating I, I try not to show it too much try not to let people see me sweat too much but occasionally i have a moment of humanity i know a lot of liberals don't want fox news to get called on i think they should be but i know a lot of liberals a lot of Democrats don't want it so why do you call on fox news and newsmax you know, you used to be on this side of the camera. You were a CNN commentator in between uh, your time working for the Obama administration and now working for Biden. What did you learn here? What did you take from CNN and, and how does it apply to your job now? I mean, a lot. One, you know, when you're a CNN commentator or commentator for any network, you do spend a lot of time uh, sitting on a set, uh, being prepared to give your input on mm. a breaking news issue or an issue that's developing in real time. And that's certainly good preparation for standing in front of the camera at the briefing every day. All right. Joining us to react, Joe Concha, a Fox News contributor, the only honest media commentator, frankly, uh, out there today. Wish you'd have your own TV show. Uh, also uh, works for The Hill and uh, contributor to Fox News. Joe, I, I, I know what you think of Jeff Zucker's stenographer, Humpty Dumpty. Uh, but this takes the cake to me. Where do I even begin? <laughs> well, you, you played the soundbite before, or at least uh, you read the quote, where he actually said, 
uh, and this is just amazing, where you have, this, this is actually a question. When you watch the news, when you read the news, what do you think we get wrong? It's like saying, what advice do you have for the press so we can be as awesome as you are? And another point, he says to Saki, you mentioned your kids. You have a daughter going into kindergarten. I have a daughter going into pre-K. And I think to myself, what kind of country is this going to be when they're our age? Do they fear that, given the craziness that we're seeing from the GOP, do you fear that, excuse me, given the craziness we're seeing from the GOP, do you fear that for our kids, your kids and mine? It's like these questions, easily, this was the most patently embarrassing interview you will see this year, and it's only June. CNN is now officially known as the Coddling News Network, and you consider the way they treated Cuomo and the way they covered Biden during the campaign, and now the White House press secretary, who happens to be a former CNN employee, gets questioned like these from a guy who's supposed to be the person who monitors the media and analyzes the media in an objective way, but he's probably, at CNN, this is a very hard thing to do, the most biased of all the people you see on CNN. It's incredible. How is it possible, for example, on an issue like race? Now, we talk a lot about cancel culture, and we talk about uh, the, the, the feigned outrage of the left in the country, right? How is it possible on these cable networks that they can refer to Clarence Thomas as as Uncle Clarence or Senator Tim Scott as, um, you know, in, Uncle in a, yeah, Uncle Tim. Right. Yeah. And how is and they do it regularly because it, none of this is acceptable on if it was about anybody that happens to be liberal. Why is that type of language accepted? and used regularly by the left, the, the, the great enforcers of all things politically correct. Because these media reporters and media critics, not just at CNN, NBC has them as well. The Daily Beast has them as well. There's obviously Media Matters, which doesn't really count as journalism. That's, that's activism, the complete and total. So if, as long as they don't get called out on it by these publications, Washington Post has a media team as well, then they just continue to get away with it because the media isn't calling them out on it. Their bosses, for whatever reason, aren't doing that because I guess they think it's good for ratings, even though ratings at CNN, for instance, they're down 70% from the beginning of the year, which means 7 out of 10 people who are watching in January are no longer watching now. I've never seen a slide like that, even in a non-election year, where you lose 20 25% of your audience. That, that's fine. It's going to happen. 70%? Uh-uh. And when you hear those questions, for instance, from the Reliable Sources host to Jen Psaki, even people that watched CNN years ago who liked it as a somewhat you know, center-left, somewhat objective network, they see that and they go, I can't watch this. This is propaganda. And Psaki should have been asked the following questions, by the way, because this drove me crazy. Why did this administration impose a media blackout of migrant facilities at the U.S. southern border? That may have been a good question to ask. Or why hasn't the vice president, who was taxed with fixing the border more than nine weeks ago, held a press conference on it in any way, shape, or form? Why did Team Biden shut down a State Department investigation into the Wuhan lab leak theory? Love to know about that. And why do you tell the president who he can and cannot call upon when the, the rare times that he actually takes questions from the press? Can't the president just pick reporters on his own? Why do you have to give him a list? And why isn't Peter Ducey ever on that list? You're afraid of a rookie White House correspondent? Why is that? That's what I would have asked Jen Psaki if she were on my show, but I have a feeling that's never going to happen. Well, I can tell you the big question I would have asked is, remember, it was last week, it was revealed that on the three occasions when Joe Biden stated, I've, I've never had a single conversation with Hunter about his foreign business dealings. And now we know not only is that a lie, but as vice president, 
he was going to dinner with Hunter Biden's foreign uh, uh, business partners. Um, now that raises, in my mind, an even an even bigger question is, OK, is Joe Biden compromised when it comes to Putin? Because it's fairly inexplicable why Putin gets a waiver to build his pipeline and Yet Joe fires people working on the Keystone XL pipeline with the stroke of a pen. Why is he helping Vladimir? Does Vladimir have the goods on zero experience Hunter, who who got money from the Russian oligarch, the first lady of Moscow, three and a half million dollars or the hundred thousand dollar shopping spree from a Chinese national or the one point five billion dollar deal with the Bank of China or the money for an expensive sports car from the Kazakh oligarch? or Burisma and, and everything in between. Is Joe Biden now compromised? He's now been proven to lie. He lied saying he's never had a conversation with Hunter about his foreign business dealings. We now know he has. And not just Putin, by the way, Sean. That's an excellent point regarding Russia. But while everybody was focused on Russia over the last four years, what's China been doing, right? And Hunter Biden also has business dealings in China. So does President Xi there have the goods on Joe Biden? That would be a very good question because we see what's happening now as far as this Wuhan lab leak theory, which was called a conspiracy theory in 2020 when Tom Cotton or Donald Trump brought it up, is really gaining some momentum because it's a very plausible explanation when you consider that SARS has had actually escaped from a lab uh, in China back in 2004. Anthrax had escaped from a lab in the Soviet Union back when the Soviet Union was in existence. So why couldn't it have happened here, considering how close that was to that wet market? And the fact that the Biden administration isn't focused on this at all, because you look at their public statements, and any time, the rare times that Joe Biden does speak, he isn't making it first and foremost, as a Donald Trump would, that he wants to get to the bottom of the origins of this virus. I think he's kind of hoping the story goes away, but it's not going to go away. And then you have to wonder, why isn't he interested in finding out the answers to these questions around where this came from? Because if we don't get those answers, we're going to have COVID 2.0, in three or four years, COVID-26 or COVID-28, because we didn't learn our lessons from the mistakes the last time because we didn't pursue answers in this situation as to where this thing came from. I'd like another question answered. Uh, What is Joe going to do about the cyber attacks coming from Russia? Uh, What is Joe going to do about Russia and China providing military uh, equipment to the Iranian mullahs that they're shipping to Yemen to fight the proxy war in the Middle East? Uh, What is Joe going to do about this unholy alliance that is emerging? How much money is Joe willing to give Central American countries uh, as a bribe to to entice them to keep people from coming into America illegally in the migrant caravans? By the way, none of which is likely to make it to the people that would would be incentivized to stay if the governments work better. Boy, that's a lot of questions. That's the president, right? Or at least I'm a professional. I've been doing this 33 years. Wow. So you got into this business when you were 15 years old. You're a jackass. You are. You're you're, right now. You're being the uh, jackass. I'm going to take back all the nice things I've been saying about you. I don't get my own show anymore. Oh, that was on such a roll, too. That's a shame. All right. But seriously, I have a few simple requests for Fox. I want Joe Concha on me on the media. We'll call it that. And I want Fox News to pack and move and, and go to Texas or Florida. Wow. I heard Florida is, is you're leaning towards that right now. Where, where would you I'm go leaning towards Florida. That's correct. Well, well, I've owned property down there for 15 years. Why shouldn't I? Wow. It, Gulf Coast? Because I like sunsets over sunrises. I would go. I like I sunsets go. over sunrises because I'm never up for the sunrise. And if I am, that means I got no sleep. 
Right, and tequila probably was involved in some way, shape, or form. So I, I could you totally know, see no, that, I yeah. don't drink tequila. I drink Tito's, but nice try. Tito's, okay, that that's smart actually. That that's no, that's the no, number Tito's one. Tito's is Texas. Right now. From it's Texas. A, yeah, yeah. Great goose. Whatever happened to that? No one, no one drinks this anymore. I, I, I that used to be like the thing. It's I got Tito's. friends of mine that drink it. Grey Goose. I do. You do. I'm more of a Smirnoff guy myself. You know, that's in the plastic. Oh, you're, bottle, you're, so you're like the good. Russian vodka. I got it. Or Stolich Naya, right? I'm colluding with them, of course. Yes, yeah, I put I put on the, uh, the the salads. I got the Russian dressing. Everything Russian. It's all good, man. I want to be clear to folks in this region who are thinking about making that dangerous trek to the United States-Mexico border. Do not come. Do not come. The United States will continue to enforce our laws and secure our border. There are legal methods by which migration can and should occur. But we, as one of our priorities, will discourage illegal migration. And I believe if you come to our border, you will be turned back. All right, back to our busy telephones. Uh, Joe in Florida, speaking of Florida. Joe, what's going on, my friend? Sean, I'm an ex-Long Islander who got smart and moved to Tampa, Florida. And all I can say for you is you should do the same. And I also want to thank you. I have friends that have moved to the East Coast, to Tampa, to Sarasota, to Naples, uh, up and down the East and West Coast, and the Panhandle. I have friends. Everybody I talk to now is leaving New York. That's all people up here talk about, getting out of here. (laughs) Well, uh, Sean, I want to thank you for the Freedom Concerts. And I used to go with my kids every year to Great Adventure, and I ended up buying season passes after the first year, and it became a thing I did every year. My kids loved Great Adventure and a lot of great memories. Oh, my son loved that. What was it, King the Ka, the big roller coaster? Oh, yeah, it's crazy. No, I didn't. I I never had time to go with him. I said, "No, you go, son," and he'd go again and again and again and again and again. He's like a roller coaster nut. I I went through that with my kids, and uh, we're probably around the same age, and uh, I think our kids are around the same age. Yeah, I remember he'd make me go on Space Mountain fifteen times, and I'm by the time I'm done, my neck is like wrenched, you know, to the <laughs> left, to the right, my back, I can't move. I'm like. How many more times can you go on a roller coaster? And uh, Mr. Hannity, I got to tell you, this world is so upside down right now. And the reason I call, the motivated, I never called the radio station before. I'm glad you called. But I, I have analogies. I mean, first off, on the border, what do we got? Baghdad Bob running our border? You know, <laughs> you, you remember Baghdad Bob? Of course, the, I remember uh, Baghdad Bob. No, we we have a government that has abandoned the rule of law. They're picking and choosing what laws they're going to enforce and what laws they're not going to enforce. And now they're forcing states to take on the burden of of feeding and and sheltering and educating and providing health care for people that don't have any money. And it's all aided and abetted by Joe Biden and company. Well, how is a country that's 30 trillion in debt? Have, have so much money to give all around the world and take in all these people and put them on social services? The answer is they don't. Sense? We can't afford it under any circumstances. There's the answer. You know, and reality, unfortunately, our kids and grandkids will work their entire lives and never, ever be able to pay this down. 
Um, Joe in Florida, I'm glad you made the good call for yourself, and hopefully I'll be down there with you soon. Okay, my friend? All right. Thank you, Sean. Quick break right back. Your calls on the other side. Straight ahead. All right, 25 to the top of the hour. We'll get to your calls. Also, Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. Um, let me let me go back to uh, flip-flop floundering Fauci um, because this is important. I, when you think of how bad this has been handled and with all that we know that we talked about earlier in the program today and about all that they knew and all that they said about gain of function, uh, even believing and being told that this was a manufactured virus and one that was altered with genomes that were picked up and detected. And Anthony Fauci knew this on January 31st of 2020. It, it just angers me. And you'll hear Rand Paul grilling Fauci at the hearings. Rand Paul understood this before I think anybody else. And Ted Cruz was great, as was Senator Kennedy of Louisiana, as was Lindsey Graham. And Fauci defending funding research in China. But he also knew and was told that this was happening. I mean, that's the that's the worst part of this. Listen, you're defying everything we know about immunity by telling people to wear a mask to have been vaccinated. Instead, you should be saying there is no science to say we're going to have a problem from the large number of people being vaccinated. You want to get rid of vaccine hesitancy? Tell them they wear their mask after they get the vaccine. You want people to get the vaccine? Give them a reward instead of telling them that the nanny state's going to be there for three more years and you got to wear a mask forever. People don't want to hear it. There's no science behind it. All I hear, Dr. Fauci, is we can't do this. We can't do that. We can't play baseball. Well, even that's not based on the science. I mean, flu season peaks in February. We don't know that COVID's going to be like the flu season. It might, but we don't know that. But we wouldn't we wouldn't ban school in October. You might close some schools when they get the flu. We need to not be so presumptuous that we know everything. Do you support that the money from NIH that was going to the Wuhan Institute? Let me explain to you why that was done. The SARS-CoV-1 originated in bats in China. It would have been irresponsible of us if we did not investigate the bat viruses and the serology to see who might have been or, infected Or perhaps it would be irresponsible China. to send it to the Chinese government that we may not be able to trust with this uh, knowledge and with this uh, incredibly dangerous viruses. Now, on top of that, you've got then Donald Trump gives a speech on Saturday in North Carolina, you know, rightly saying the time has come to demand reparations, accountability from the Communist Party of China. And Tony Blinken saying he can't name, you know, he, he, he can't name any pressure Biden will apply on China for what they did to the world, including killing 600,000 Americans. But Fauci has perhaps never been more wrong than when he denied the virus and where it came from. The time has come for America and the world to demand reparations and accountability from the Communist Party of China. We should all declare within one unified voice that China must pay. They must pay. So to get those answers, to do a proper investigation, you're going to need, the U.S. is going to need access to the labs. Will you demand that? Uh, will you put teeth on it? Will you even go as far as sanctions on China if they keep inspectors out? I think the international community is clear that um, we have to have, the international community has to have access. It has to have information 
uh, it has to have uh, meaningful uh, so what's the real pressure the U.S. will put on China for access to the lab? If uh, China denies the information, denies the access, uh, denies the transparency that's needed. And you kind of expect that. It, well, let's that's see. Been the because, uh, Mike, at the end of the day, it's profoundly in China's interest uh, to do this as well. Because, look, it suffered too. Uh, oh, look, it suffered. Oh, is that, is that what we should be thinking what about American dollars going to the Wuhan Institute of Virology? How stupid is that? You can't even make this up. Uh, all right. As promised, let's hit our busy phones. Maryland, Chris is uh, on the Sean Hannity Show. Chris, glad you called, sir. And happy How Monday you to you. How you doing, Sean? Thanks for having, having me on the show. Yeah, thank you. I wanted to talk about this thing, this uh, systemic racism, you know, through uh, law enforcement. It's funny because when they defund the police departments or corrections, and, and my wife was a police officer, my son is a police officer, I spent 30 years in DPSCS um, corrections in Maryland. And guess what? When you defund anything, guess what the first thing to go is? Training. <laughs> the very thing that they're crying about. So they that, want By the funding. way, what you're saying is such a good point. That'll be the so, first so to go. If, if the choice is going to be... Uh, <clears throat> limiting boots on the ground and hires versus more training it's going to be boots on the ground that's a no-brainer they have no choice they need bodies right, because because what happens is they'll take away a great training like weapon retention or hostage negotiation class so something that the lower line gets a chance to be part of they don't get that class and then the same people are going to cry because when you show up on a scene you don't have that skill but you just defunded that department to take that skill away and they never get a chance to get that skill you know so it's like it's a no-brainer you're right yeah uh great it's, call chris appreciate it uh jeff north carolina jeff how are you glad you called hey sean thanks for taking my call um i just wanted in, uh, to call and share an opinion with you um and uh there's no real easy way to put it so i'm just going to say it um i think joe biden is a racist why um well First of all, look at the way he started his Senate career. You know, fighting to keep segregation, nestled up to a former Klan's member. And just throughout his career, even before his serious mental decline, he was dropping racially charged comments left and right. I think he wised up early on in his career and learned that that kind of rhetoric wasn't going to get him very far. And then uh, I think over the years... I, I would, you know, I would you, beg to differ that he wised up in the sense, think of what he said when he was, you know... We, man, this is the first time ever you got an African-American who is clean and bright and articulate. That's storybook, man. And I'm thinking, what the hell does that even mean? Or you can't go to a Dunkin' Donuts or a 7-Eleven without a slight Indian accent. Or more recently, you ain't black or Jim Crow 2.0. Or you're right. I mean, look, I, I, if any Republican running for any elected office ever praise segregationists and praise the former Klansmen that filibustered the 64 Civil Rights Act, 65 Voting Rights Act, and partnered with such person to stop integration of schools and school busing because he didn't want public schools becoming racial jungles. No Republican would ever survive. There's nobody in the media mob, big tech. There's no Democrat. Well, Kamala Harris did it in one debate and then forgot all about it when she became the VP nominee. As soon as she I got in contention. More, it's unbelievable. I couldn't agree more. And uh, 
and I apologize for my poor choice of words. Wise up was definitely uh, not that well thought out. Um, but I will say this, you know, as far as systemic racism goes, the only systemic racism I see or have even heard of really is coming from him. Um, I'm a small business owner, and he directed the SBA to give loans based on race, you know? And I'm a yeah. white guy, and, 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 and there's no chance of me even applying. I shouldn't even waste my time. I just need to get out there and hustle. So, and that's the reason that I call him Joe Crow 2.0. You know, he's always <laughs> hollering, he's you know what? You know why I like it? Because, you know, I, I find people like playing the race card like he is on the issue of the Georgia voting law, which is far more inclusive, creates far more accessibility than his state of Delaware, which is one of the most restrictive with voter ID necessary. Uh, you don't have you need an excuse to get an absentee ballot. No drop boxes at all. No early in-person voting at all. Who the hell is Joe Biden to lecture Georgia on accessibility to the polls? And, and could, again, this is where the media, the mob, you know, this is where Humpty Dumpty and, and Mr. Potato Head his boss, you know, drop the ball. Well, what could we be doing better in terms of covering Joe Biden? Uh, are we kissing his ass enough? Um I mean, well, let's start with these questions, which they'll never ask. Then you can move on to the question of did Hunter Biden and his dealings with Kazakhstan and oligarchs there and and Burisma and Ukraine and a Russian oligarch and First Lady of Moscow and the Bank of China and a Chinese national shopping spree. Um, did that compromise, Joe? And why did Joe lie when Joe said that, oh, I, I've never discussed anything about Hunter's foreign business dealings, but now we have pictures of Joe as vice president uh, eating with these contacts. He's such a liar. He is. It's just unbelievable. It really is. And, well, that's how I, corrupt you know, your media mob is. That's how corrupt they are. Oh, I'll tell you what. I've, I've, been, I've been pretty mad at the mainstream media, and I wish there was something I could do to strike back against it, but they pretty much single-handedly brainwashed my mom over the last three or four years. So, My mother. I bring up politics with her. She gets mad. We make it 20 seconds. She hangs up on me. You know, and it's all because <laughs> she believes the stuff they're pumping into her living room. It's unbelievable. I, I, listen, it, it's it's an alternate universe. This I call it the blue checkmark, uh, woke, cancel culture, media mob. And, you know, that's why we like Joe Conchie. He's the only one that stands out, the only one that stands apart, the only one that actually thinks rationally. You know, it's amazing how many of these people, they just, they, you don't, you have no idea the hatred that these people have for people like me. They, uh, and by the way, I, I view that as a badge of honor. I've never wanted anything to do with these people. You know, for 25 years now, I've been a Fox. Can you believe that? Um, wow. I was just told recently that I'm, I think in a year, I'll be the longest running primetime host in the history of cable news. Uh surpassing larry king if i'm again if i make it i don't know if i will or not but and i'm thinking oh man how the hell did that happen that was that was the least likely bet i was the long shot in that race by 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 every indicator but i feel blessed to do this more than ever i have a passion for it i love this country and i can't stand the stench of the lying propaganda hypocrisy and in 25 years how many times do you think I ever went, Jeff, to the White House Correspondents' Dinner when Fox would pressure me every single year? We need you to go. How many times do you think I went? 
probably none. None. Zero. And you want me to be very honest? Why? I don't yeah, why? like them. And they don't like me. It's that simple. What? I'm not going to pretend that I like you. Although, when I do, <laughs> Linda, when we do run into these, these people at events, hey, you know, I, I, well, I can't help but be gracious. Because, you know, My parents taught it. me too well. You know, you don't you don't want to spend any extended time. You might keep it cordial, high and by, and just move on across the room. Try not to talk to those kind of guys. You know, I know. There's, I sometimes there's Linda. You correct me if I'm wrong. There's there's palpable, visible, physical physiology. There are physical like reactions just at the sight of me by some of these people. I are like, you referring to the ro- the? Are you talking about like when Rombo Deadfish ran away from you when you were chasing after him? <laughs> you mean like that moment? Um, that that was a fun moment, or or, pe- or when Ben Sass the ass decided to come over and pretend like he knew anything <laughs> about self defense and wanted to get in your face. I mean, like that those moments because they're By super the way, fun. When he did that, what what did I say? I looked at him. And I'm like, who are you? No, this, this is the best are. part. He comes over and he's like, I don't like what you're saying about me, Hannity. You're like, I'm sorry. Who are you? No, no. He I'm said, like, wow. stop lying to the people in my Whatever. state. It doesn't really matter what he Hillary. said. That I'm the bottom line said, is that he actually thought that we knew who he, who was, he was, and we do not. So, and we had put him on the radio once or twice. I didn't know what he looked like. And then I said, no, I didn't. I said, if you're going to quote me, quote me accurately. I said, you being a never-Trumper, you're a half a vote for Hillary. <laughs> I said it right to his face. And the problem is, is I can't help but laugh. Because I, I guess maybe he was like Alka-Seltzer in water and he bubbles and fizz and he freaking out in front of us. And I'm like, I, I just don't care. And I'm, you know, and I'm like, when people get that close to me, I usually say, you better step back or I'm going to take a step back. You stay right there and, and get out of my face because it's not going to end well. Otherwise, how many times have you heard those words come out of my mouth, Linda? I mean, you know, in all of these wonderful situations where we get to meet and greet with people I'm that very gracious, to be, and I you know, always say, "Excuse me, can I have some space, please?" And then I step back. Excuse yeah, me. Ben Sass the ass was a little close. It was a little too close. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. We are loaded up tonight. Hannity, Fox News, investigative report at the border. Uh, Lisa Murkowski's Republican challenger. We had her on radio. Uh, Kelly Chewbacca is going to join us. Laura Trump, uh, Newt Gingrich, Larry, Leo, and much more, 9 Eastern, on the Fox News Channel. Please set your DVR. We'll see you tonight at 9. News you won't get from the mob. Back here tomorrow. As always, thank you for being with us.